This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Did you know that New Brunswick, New Jersey is the only place in the country where you can see live, world-class jazz every week for free? You can thank the New Brunswick Jazz Project. We recently sat down with the New Brunswick Jazz Project team at Tavern on George, where most of their events take place. Jimmy Lenahan, Virginia DeBerry, and Michael Tublin are longtime friends who share a passion for jazz. And 10 years ago, they set out on a mission together to bring live jazz back to New Jersey in a big way. Now in its 10th anniversary season, the New Brunswick Jazz Project has become a vibrant cultural hub with a never-ending lineup of live shows, all free and open to the public. And every September is their Central Jersey Jazz Festival, with events happening in New Brunswick, Somerville, and Flemington. On top of that, every Tuesday they host Emerging Artists Night at the Garden State Alehouse, featuring both performances and open jam sessions. As founder Virginia DeBerry explained to us, A city can't be cool if it doesn't have jazz. That's just period. It just can't be. This season marks your 10th anniversary. Looking back on the last 10 years, could each of you talk about what stands out the most to you? How has the New Brunswick Jazz Project evolved since you founded it? Or maybe there were some milestones that stand out to you, expected or unexpected. Jimmy, can we start with you? Then Virginia and Michael? First thing that strikes me is how quickly it became important that we do it. We started it uh, rather selfishly for, uh, for our own use, and it was uh, for our own enjoyment, and it was uh, once, twice a month. And over a space of maybe four or five months, it became, I became aware that the community was, was uh, interested and that the musicians were interested. And uh, at one stage early, in it, maybe in the first six months, we said, you know, this is becoming something that uh, kind of like a moral imperative that we do this. So that's the one thing that strikes me. And even though it took a long time to, to become successful and to get recognized, it, surprisingly enough, early in, this, in the process, it uh, struck me that it was something that was worth doing and we were getting positive feedback both from the community and from the musicians. I think the thing that I am happiest about is how how well the musicians think of us. We are considered as real jazz presenters and they don't think of us as we think of ourselves as amateurs and they respect what we are doing and they know how hard we work and we just get some of the best musicians out there who work with us because they like what we're doing, that, that our mission is to keep this music accessible and available. And that's the, the biggest problem with jazz nowadays is that it costs too much. And all of our events are presented with no cover charge and we get great audiences and they just love that. And that makes me feel great. What I'm most proud about is this sense of community that we've built amongst the musicians, the people who come, and the establishments that we serve. And it's now it's everyone knows each other, and strangers are no longer strangers and share tables. And there have been countless romances and marriages and wedding proposals. So it's just this sense of family that we've created, it's really wonderful. I wanted to point out that the three of you are longtime friends. How did you meet each other and how did you first connect and bond over jazz? 
Well, I knew Virginia, oh my. Oh, many years. Many, years. many, many, many years. Maybe 20 years. Yeah, from around town. And Mike moved into town, and I actually knew his mother, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, met my true uh, mutual friend, and true his mother. And then, I guess, then the three of us uh, was we just We met a hanging of, out in, in Makeda. It was, just was the Ethiop- time. Ethiopian yeah. restaurant that was on George Street, and we, we were all pretty much regulars there. And just, they were doing live music, but they had started doing fewer live music events than they had been doing. And we were all missing the, the jazz component. Makeda used to have world music, jazz, R&B. They used to have different stuff every night. And then they just sort of let this go and let that go and let that go. And we were missing the kind of music that grown-ups could go out and enjoy. Um, not, not, there was plenty of music for the, the college crowd, uh, the, the basement music scene and folk and rock and all of that. There was plenty of that. But there wasn't any consistent entertainment for adults. And we just basically decided to stop complaining about it and see if, if we really could make something happen. So we decided, instead of talking about it, let's do it. Let's create this jazz project. And we'll do it for one year, no matter what. We'll have jazz. And at the beginning, there was, it would be Jimmy, Virginia, and myself, and the band at the bar. And it slowly built. And it, it, it's just grown into where we were asking Ralph Bowen, who was uh, Rutgers Mason Gross professor and our musical advisor at first, to help us introduce us to musicians to where we're just inundated now with requests to perform. So the New Brunswick Jazz Project presents free jazz concerts year-round, four nights a week. What are the next four shows? Tonight, tonight <laughs> we, have, we have Hendrik Merkins, who is a jazz harmonica virtuoso. Um, prior to the death two years ago of the world-famous Toots Thielman, who was the jazz harmonica guy, um, he was the, the top. Now Hendrick is the number one jazz harmonica guy in the world. And he is playing for us tonight at Tavern on George. He's bringing his quartet. It's going to be great. And next Wednesday and Thursday, you have the Victor Jones Trio and the Jerry Gibbs Quartet. Tell us about that, please. Well, they're both master drummers. Um, both of them have played with all the best musicians around the world. And... We are lucky that uh, to have them both back-to-back. So it's, it's going to be a very rhythmic Wednesday and Thursday at Tavern on George with Victor Jones and Jerry Gibbs. Here's a track from the Jerry Gibbs Quartet called What's Going On.
Let's talk about some of the other artists you've featured. Akiko Saruga has been performing here since the beginning, right? She will be the the first musician performing for our 10th annual March Women in Jazz. And Akiko has been with us every year for 10 years. She is quite obviously from her name, Japanese. And she is a world acclaimed jazz organ player. And you, she's, she just plays with everybody everywhere. She was a protege of Dr. Lonnie Smith and Grady Tate. And she came to the U.S. after she left Tokyo and, not Tokyo, Kyoto. 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 And um, she's been working here since 2001, I think. A long time. A long time. And another regular is saxophonist Jerry Weldon. You should speak about (laughs) Jerry Weldon, Virginia. (laughs) You might know him. I do. I know him. Uh, He's a acclaimed tenor saxophonist who is actually a Rutgers graduate and his first gig after Rutgers was with Lionel Hampton Orchestra and he has never looked back. He has not done anything but play the saxophone for the last 40 years. He's currently on tour with Harry Connick Jr. and has been with him for the last 30 years and he plays for us quite regularly. Quite regularly, and did any there's is there anything else about Jerry Weldon you might want to mention that that, <laughs> that, that, that I might be engaged to marry him, <laughs> and which happened here on New Year's Eve last our, year last year at our event he proposed, so it was, it was quite a special night. Thank you, thank you. It was a special night. It was indeed. to this regular programming, you've also created the Central Jersey Jazz Festival. At what point did that start? It started out as the Somerville Jazz Festival, and we had some great relationships with uh, Rick St. Pierre from Verve and Sheila Anderson from WBGO, who were the two driving forces in getting it going there. And then we just had discussions like, we said, you know, why don't we expand it? So we joined... And then the year after, Flemington contacted us and asked, can we be a part of it? So it has grown into uh, three county seats working together, which is probably unheard of, working together in a positive way, sharing uh, responsibilities, marketing. And it's we were fortunate enough to have Robert Wood Johnson uh, which is now Robert Wood Johnson Barnabas Held come on board as a sponsor because of the Tri-County mm. uh, exposure for them and uh, they have been uh, the presenting sponsor and uh, 
continue to be. Yeah, over the three days, we get about somewhere between twelve and 13,000 people who come out for music. It, the, uh, the festival, too, is free. There's no charge for any of it, and it's always on a Friday night in Flemington, Saturday afternoon in New Brunswick, and Sunday afternoon in Somerville. And this year, the dates are September... 11th, 12th, and 13th. So you're all on Team Central Jersey then, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes. It does exist. <laughs> okay, so every Tuesday is Emerging Artists Night. Tell us about that program. Okay, so every Tuesday night we uh, have a, a uh, performance for an emerging artist who are young artists at the beginning of their jazz careers, typically still in college or perhaps uh, uh, newly graduated and looking to, to uh, perform. Um, they... We, we book a leader and they bring anything from a trio to a sextet and uh, it has uh, been a great uh, enthusiasm from the colleges in the area, William Patterson, uh, Mason Gross, among others. And um, the second set is open jam, so we have a lot of people come and sit in and get to show their, show their chops. As part of the Emerging Artist Series, we also had gotten a grant from Middlesex County to hire a professional to come sit in. So sometimes it would be one of their professors, or we've had Mark Whitfield Jr., a guitar player, come in, and the kids were, like, blown away. Oh, my God, I, I'm getting a chance to play with my hero here right now. So it, it, it's an opportunity for these young musicians to get the chance that they might not necessarily experience playing with one of the top performers in their fields. And they also, in their, their jazz programs, they learn how to play their instrument. They learn the history of the music. They learn all kinds of things. But there's nobody that really teaches them about the business of jazz and how to put together a set, how to put together a band, how to talk to an audience. All of those things are... They, they get to practice with us on their Emerging Artist Night. They get to perform in a real club setting and to deal with all of the things that are a part of that. And that's, that's invaluable to them. They, they don't get it anywhere else. You have all devoted so much time and energy to the New Brunswick Jazz Project over the last 10 years. I was thinking I would end by just asking what jazz means to each of you. To this day, after thousands of concerts, we still get a charge out of when you see a group of musicians acting together and reacting from each other and the audience building from it and the, the uh, feedback to the, the musicians. And um, Since we came to Tavern on George, this venue in particular has a club atmosphere to it and the passion of the musicians and the, the reaction of the audience is, is surprising to me all the time. You know, and second to that would be that sense of community that uh, we've built, which through that interaction. Yeah, I I love that jazz music is it's like a living entity, and that it's growing and changing all of the time. And we've gotten to be a part of that growth and change over the last 10 years and in no small way. And uh, I'm very proud of what we have done to support the music and the musicians. And I attend the uh, Jazz Congress 
that takes place at, at Lincoln Center now and before that at St. Peter's Church. It was the Jazz Connect and it was, you know, people who are involved in this music from all over the world gather once a year to talk about everything related to the music. But to discover that we are the only people in the United States producing jazz events to the extent that we do with no cover charge. Nobody else, this doesn't happen anywhere else in the country. So that's something we can hang our hat on. And, and for me, it's the music when you, the four musicians take you on that magic carpet ride and it's just incredible. And, it, and we look at each other and we're like, oh my God, this is happening right here, right in our backyard. And then as Jimmy touched on, it's all these friends and relations that we've made. And you walk into different places like, I know you, you're that jazz person, you're that jazz guy. You, you guys, can, can we have jazz here? And it's just a, it's a great sense of accomplishment. So yeah, I was in the doctor's <laughs> office one day last week. And this woman said, this is a weird place to say hello, but hi, I know you from jazz. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Okay, New Brunswick Jazz Project team, thank you for doing the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Tonight at Tavern on George in New Brunswick, the Hendrick Merkins Quartet perform at 8 p.m. And next Tuesday is the weekly Emerging Artists Night at the Garden State Alehouse. This one featuring the Ryan Permal Band. An open jam session follows the performance. Then next Wednesday is the Victor Jones Trio. And next Thursday is the Jerry Gibbs Quartet. Both of those shows are at Tavern on George. For more info, go to nbjp.org. And for more information on the arts in New Jersey, go to jerseyarts.com. I'm Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.